along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles, the international edition, right here on Tojinet Parex, Ghost Channel, Planet Paranormal, Crackle Radio, and Fabian. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeepers of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, all the way from Wales, is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Stephen Parsons. Good evening. I can't believe that you had to pause to think about the title of this program for a moment. You're obviously, doing, you're obviously doing too much radio. What's that? You keep getting them, you know, you, you, Ghost Chronicles, and then you had to think about it before you said international. You're yeah, far, there's too, you, you're too doing many. Too much. You're doing too much. No, I don't think so. You'll have to rename this show The Wild yeah. West Show. You know, just say Ghost Chronicles from now on and it solves everything. Yeah, we're all under the same corporate banner, a franchise operation. Yep. Anyways, uh, lucky I'm here because I was at my office in VZN. I lost internet, so I jumped in my Subaru and flew like the wind and made it just in time. Ah. Otherwise, you would be doing the show by yourself. Well, there you go. Have you still got that old uh, that old Scooby? The old one? Which one are you talking about? Um, last year's Scooby. I thought you had a new Scooby. Uh, I have my wife has a new Subaru, and I have the 2009 Subaru. Yeah, oh, two Scoobies. If you say so. We call okay. them Scoobies in the UK. Sco- Subaru, Scooby Doo. You know, an appropriate car for a ghost hunter, perhaps. Ooby dooby doo. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> they're a standard. <laughs> the standard in New England because of the weather here. It's they're a perfect car for it, and. Uh, yeah, well, over here we all have little tiny cars because it's of course, standard, you, you don't have any snow. In the UK. Uh, it's got nothing to do with the snow. It's all entirely to do with the fact that our roads are very small mm-hmm. and very overcrowded. Mm-hmm. Full of so, American tourists half the year. Seems like I just spoke with you yesterday. Oddly enough, I was having the same thoughts. Deja vu, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps we were both on the morning edition with the professor. Uh, really? Yeah, anyway. I was having nightmares about headless ducks and uh, suicidal <laughs> dogs. Do you know the first show, of course, was Ghost Chronicles, and that was on WCCM many, many years ago. And then it grew from there to um, Ghost Village. And when it first came back on Ghost Village years ago, that's Jeff Belanger's website. And one of the listeners of that show was a young lady by the name of Leslie, and uh, she was one of the village people there. And... uh, that's how long I've known this, known this next guest that we're going to have. So, <laughs> what? Anyways, without further ado, let me introduce to you uh, someone who, oddly enough, I've known for quite a while, although I've never met Leslie. Leslie, hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. 
Okay, hey, you got to answer, you know. Hi, Ron. Hi, Steve. Good. How are you guys? Good, good. Now, Leslie, you've you've been, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of how long it's been since you were on Ghost Village when I first uh, spoke with you years ago. I went on Ghost Village back in 2005 is when I started on there. 2005, wow. Are you still on there? I think we, um, from time to time, yeah. Yeah. Just get so yeah. busy, wrapped up with things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I try and pop in there and see what's going on. They changed the format a little bit, and it's a little odd uh, with what I used to do on there with the uh, Evidence Alley and that. Um, yeah. You can't go so, back and look at things like we used to. So we've been talking to Jeff about fixing that back the way it was. Uh, oh, really? So, yeah, I don't think that's yeah, going to Yeah, and it hasn't quite happened yet, so I don't know if yeah, they were redoing the format again. I don't think that's going to fly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it, anyway, you've actually, you've actually met your husband through Ghost Village, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, and oddly did, enough, um, we did. <laughs> how did that happen? Uh, it was very strange. Um, they had a, a chat room on Ghost Village, and there were a few of us that used to get together almost nightly, and we just chit-chatted about things and just life in general, Matt. But um, he happened to be in there one night. And, well, you know how weird I am. Uh, <laughs> I picked up on him a little bit, and I was like, that's kind of interesting. So the next evening I went to go on again, and before I went on, I said, he's sitting in there waiting for me. And lo and behold, he was, and he was the only one sitting there. And so we began talking, and then things led on into other things, and uh, um, we've had past lives together, many of them. <laughs> Oh, that's right up your alley, Steve. Past lives. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Why, why, what makes you say it's right up my alley? I'm not that old. Uh, well, you, I know who you were in your past life. That's why I figure you must know that. Uh-oh. Really? You, mm-hmm. Who do enlighten me? Who was I in my past life? Uh, you don't remember? I, I wasn't there. How would I know? Yeah, you were Pope Innocent. <laughs> the one thing I can say for certain is in a past life, I would have been somewhere else, someone else. Yeah, Pope Innocent. Pope Innocent? Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Good evening, Linda. Sorry, my Skype Uh, distorted. Leslie, Leslie. 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 Sorry, just as you came on, my Skype distorted, which seems to... uh, (laughs) I I missed the opportunity to say, uh, well, it's good evening, because I'm speaking to you from the future. (laughs) It's good afternoon out here, but um, nice to meet you, Steve. (laughs) Nice to meet you. As I say, I always say I'm speaking from the future, because it just screws around with the guests. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, got it. In, in reality, I'm speaking to her from the future as well. So yeah. there you go. Hour, just an hour. That's close enough. So, yeah, anyways, but you're, but you're my pa- in my past room. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Les, Les, you have a paranormal team now that you uh, now have with your husband, right? Right. Uh, my husband and I uh, founded um, the Other Side Paranormal Investigation Team, and we live here in Quincy, Illinois. And we do pretty much the tri-state area, which would be uh, Iowa and Missouri and Illinois. Oh, and about half a million people? Huh? All about a half a million people? We have um, eight original members that we started with, and we're up to 107 on our Facebook page of people that have joined our site. Uh, we have several others that are new beginners that are starting to come in and do things with us. 
uh, and teaching him a lot of things. A lot of them are real new to the paranormal world, but are very interested. And some have some stories of their own that they've brought to the table that are pretty cool. We live in a very uh, old historical town. Um, my own home is uh, an old Victorian home that oh, has cool. a few interesting... It's the whorehouse, is what we call it. Um, <laughs> the family, the original family name is H-O-A-R. That's, really? a, good, that's um, a good English name. So, huh? That's a good English name, whore. Yeah, well, that's what we kind of thought. Uh, the, yeah, it the is. Town is. It's a quite common. It's yeah. not. It, it's it's a it's associated with uh, the nobility as well, and generals and uh, and leading figures in British society. Oh, cool! Yeah, we've been trying to do a little more research on the actual family that lived here. He was the main masonry um, gentleman that um, did a lot of the the stonework around here. Um, which they used a lot of limestone slabs that they built a lot of the walls and, and foundations with. And he owned this entire block that we know of, and his family lives in several houses. There's two houses that are almost exactly alike. Um, but we've got um, part of the family still here. <laughs> There's a lot of strange things that happen. <laughs> under the floorboards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> huh? I was say, under the cellar floor, I hope not. Um, none of, well, you can walk down the cellar, actually. <laughs> no, when you we said, got rid of uh, the guy that was some... hanging out down there. He was a nuisance. Um, oh, so he's not yeah. still in the cellar, then? He's moved on? No, we got rid of him. We had the old, um, he was kind of a residual, but he was creeping people out. He was, um, the guy who used to load the coal in down there. And he must have done this for the family, and he grumbled a lot, but he scared everybody that went down to the basement. Even my daughter says, I'm not going down in there to do the laundry. That guy's down there. I think it would be, but, uh, uh, it'd be quite cool to have a, a resident ghost. I, uh, I'm rather envious. It would certainly save me having to travel to go and uh, investigate them. <laughs> yeah, she, well, yeah, I don't have to go too far, but we've had the house investigated because we, um, well, we borrowed a, a friend of ours' camera and we set him up down below at our front, our back stairs, um, we'd had doors opening and closing and things happening in that. And um, i just come back from California and brought all my animals out here. But um, we had kept our, we had a free-range rat. He ran around the house. So we were going to go out for a while, so we left the rat upstairs with all the doors closed and locked. And all the dogs and everybody else were downstairs. And we took off, or no, the cats were roaming around. But the dogs were locked out of the area. And uh, we came back to check the camera. So we were watching the video. And we saw the, the cats going up and down the stairs. And we saw the little eyeballs. And I kept seeing something at the top of the stairs. And I thought it was one of the cats walking back and forth. I heard a door open up there in the video. I thought, well, that was kind of interesting. I said, Greg, I swear that's a door unlocking. You could hear it. He goes, well, I don't know. You know, we kind of mumbled about it. And then I'm looking and watching this going back and forth at the top thinking it's a cat and all of a sudden I realized it was my rat. He was on the outside of the doors. So someone let him out. Oh, wow. And uh, we've also come into the house and, you know, said, yeah, I've locked all the doors and when we left, I made sure because the friend I was with, I said, wait, i got to close all the doors. And she remembers that. He came back to the house to get something. This is our wedding day or something. <laughs> and he comes back to the house and he says, you left all the doors open upstairs. And I said, no, he didn't. I closed all the doors. 
So we hear what sounds like a drunk falling down the back stairs. My daughter and her husband have moved into the house. They live downstairs. But he was saying just a couple weeks ago, he heard what sounded like a toolbox falling down the stairs. So we had a lot of strange noises. Uh, I've run into a shadow standing in my bedroom one night. The dogs were going bonkers. And um, I just got into bed, or they woke me up. I don't remember which it was, but got up, and I went, okay, okay. So I thought, well, I'm taking the dogs down to put them out. And I said, wait a minute, it's, you know, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm not putting you idiots outside. Walked back upstairs, come into the bedroom, and there was a man standing there, and I walked right into him, and I went, oh, okay, hello. <laughs> and he disappeared. But people see the shadow man standing at the top of the front stairs a lot. Um, the woman of the house, this is poor, um, still visits apparently, and I felt her touching me one night. As I was yeah. sitting in our room upstairs. Well, and, we'll um, extra for that. <laughs> well, she talks to my grandson. I mean, he was very little, and we kept hearing him talking in the room by himself. And so we put a recorder in there, and he was making all sorts of conversation going on, and you couldn't quite understand what he was saying, but he was talking to someone. Hmm. Um, and we could tell there was, like, somebody in there, but they didn't always let us know that they were there. Mm-hmm. Um... Our names get called, mostly Greg. You know, he'll hear good morning or somebody knocks on the door, you know, upstairs, and he's like, hello, <laughs> I'm here, what do you want? You know, all sorts of strange little interesting things would happen here, but um, a lot of the homes here, people talk about, it's a very um, religious sort of town, and not everybody is open to the fact that there's a lot of younger people that have opened up a little bit more, Um because they've bought new home or you know old homes and they've moved in and they've got things going on, so we've gotten mm-hmm. a few calls for that. We have uh, a couple of historic homes. One of them is on the, the walking tour, and I captured when I first moved here. I walked around the town and down Main Street, which is all the hist- beautiful historic big mansions there, and um, I was taking pictures of the Christmas lights. And I came around by this house, and I heard someone holler at me to her name. And I looked, and I went, okay. But I was taking pictures of the, the um, round um, front porch that they had. And I went around to the other side of the house and took a picture there. And I took three in a row and got home, and I'm looking at the pictures, and I'm going bing, bing, bing through these pictures. And all of a sudden, there's a push person standing in the middle of the three pictures. Oh, wow. And so we finally got to show him the pictures. He was quite interested so we went over and went through the tour of the house and he told us a bunch of the things that went on and I told him what was going on in the house and he was kind of interested he had some other stuff happen so he called us back to the house and we finally came to the conclusion and I went aha I now know who this person is that was in the window and I said that was your partner's mother waiting for him really she goes well why would she come at that I said, I moved here in 2009. I said, I took it December of 2009. That was two years before he passed away. Hmm. So, so Leslie, he was like, got it. <laughs> I mean, you are, you are sensitive as well, right? I'm a psychic medium. Yeah. And so when you bought your house, did you know it was haunted when you originally bought it? Yeah. Okay, so it didn't, didn't persuade There's you. There's a story about that, too. <laughs> we were quite welcome to come into the house when we went to look at it originally. Um, we had a list of homes we were 
driving around looking, and I showed this one to Greg, and we kind of hemmed and hawed about it, but I love the stained glass windows in it. And I said, well, it's the last one on our thing. Let's, let's just go over and look. And came over to the house, and we're looking in the windows and this and that, and I came around to the back porch, and um, I could step onto the porch, so I went up, and I'm looking into the back door, and it had a nice big glass window, and, and I can't quite see everything, and I'm looking kind of interested, okay. And I thought just out of whatever, I opened the door. It was open. Mm. And so I said, Greg, I said, I think they want us to come on in. I, I felt this welcoming, come on, come on, come on. So we went on into the house and took a quick walk around, and I just was in love with it. It was in bad shape, but um, I still love it. Very solid home, beautiful stained glass. Uh, one of the pocket doors is still here. They took out a couple of pocket doors, but yeah, there's not much I can do about that. But one of them was still there and still worked. Oh, that's cool. Uh, still needs so, a lot of work. I mean, it's a slow process for us right now, but we're getting there. Well, um, you know, you know, like the Victorian and Gardner, what they did is they opened their house for investigation and charged money, and then they were able to fix their house. For, well, they they spent some money. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It'd be fun to do that, but um, come over to the UK. To we knock Victorian houses down on a daily basis. Yeah. So well, you were originally in California, and I remember way back in the day when I first spoke to you, and you talked about investigating and and uh, Native Americans, I believe, were quite predominant around there. So when you moved to uh, where you are now, is there a difference in the in the hauntings, or, or are they? How do they differ, if there is? Um, it's a little bit different uh, because most of the homes are, you know, family oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that are here are very family oriented. Um, the Native American part, which I have in, embraced a little bit more here, because I have found people that I can actually get involved with on the Native American side. Um, the Native American side is more very spiritual about things. Um, to, basically to that nature, which there, there's some stories I could tell you about that since I moved here, but I won't go there right mm-hmm. now. But um, when you go into these old Victorian homes and that, um, they look at me a little bit funny at first, but then they open up because they know I can hear them. And they know that I'm speaking to them and addressing them. And they kind of get past that and begin talking to me, and there's no problem. Um, But they're very religious, some of them. But then some of them are kind of like, well, I was very religious, but how come I'm stuck here? And so they have this little angry side about them that, you know, what happened? They don't understand where they've gotten to. Um, and there are some that are just so attached to their homes and the way that they lived here that they don't want to move on. You know, so there, there's, there's a little bit of a difference. It's kind of hard to yeah. explain, but that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you put a team together when you, your husband, was he interested in that? Well, he was because he was on Ghost Village. So what made you form yeah. a team? I, 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 that's always a question I like to ask because I, I like to well, know. We, well, we had been you know, doing stuff on our own for quite quite a number of years and that. And we um, got involved with a small team here at one point, and everybody in the team, there were issues with everybody, and it just we all kind of fell apart. A long story between the one, but it went over about a television show that I had gotten asked about doing with um, children. 
the producers ended up not wanting to do it because it wasn't going to be a big thing like, you know, Ghost Adventures and stuff like that where people are looking for that adrenaline rush. We mm-hmm. wanted to do the true side of children and the paranormal. Um, but the group kind of had issues about it, and they thought I was doing it for a whole other reason. I'm like, um, okay, you guys are crazy, and one other person's going to leave because of me. And I was like, it was really stupid. But um, we had a few other friends that we had, uh, met and everybody else was interested in doing it and the one couple we had met when I first did the first lecture I did here for Paranormal and um, we said you know do you want to be we thought about doing a group again would you guys be interested and they jumped on board and we've gotten going and we've had um, a lecture and we've done a couple of other we did a big mansion down in Boonville oh, that was kind of weird Mm-hmm. Too long of a drive for that. <laughs> um, it was okay. Um, you know, you need to kind of plan spending the night when you drive that far, and we just didn't do it. We were like exhausted by the time we got done with it. Hmm. Um, I can definitely relate to that. We, we do a lot. Of, we do a lot down at the mausoleum over here because there's some interesting things uh, going on, and we're planning to go there again this weekend uh, and bring a few new members um, to work with us for the first time. But we've had, there's been stories over the years of what's going on in the mausoleum. And I went in for the first time and I said, um, who did they say that this person was? I said, this is not who this is. I said, really? her name is Betty. It's <laughs> <I said>, not <laughs> the wrong name. So all this work that these people are trying to do or talking to her is not getting anywhere because that's not who it is. I said, this little girl's name is Betty. Hmm. And I walked down the hall and you know, ended up walking over to, well, this is her right here. And we're still working on her. We have some very clear EVPs with her. The first time we ran into her, Greg and I were looking for someone else on the walls. And we were in the the pitch black with our flashlights. And we ended up walking backwards into each other in the hall. And as we, right before we hit heads, there's a voice that came over the recording that said, Stop! And that was a little girl's voice. Oh. You know, then you hear Greg going, clunk. (laughs) You know, we hit heads in the dark. So, and this mausoleum, mm-hmm. will you, will you, do you, there's not a website for this mausoleum, is there? I don't think there is. Okay. Can you describe it for us then? So, you know, our listeners are trying to get a, a picture of what this building is or, or what it is. Okay. It, it's set inside a very, very old um, cemetery here in Quincy. It's one of the main cemeteries. It's called Woodland, Woodland Cemetery. Um, there's actually Indian mounds inside the cemetery, which I'll tell you a little bit about that later. Um, but where the mausoleum is sitting is where there was a Civil War hospital that was set up on that hill at one time. But it's a very small mausoleum. There are uh, four corridors to it and one main lobby. Um, they have the old drainage area down in the basement that people see and kind of get a little creeped out about. Um, it's very enclosed. It's it's very odd when you go in there, but um, it's just been a big attraction for a lot of people in this town. There's um, um, a priest here, uh, a Franciscan priest, I guess they call him. He's at Brother Ed over at the university who does a lot of paranormal stuff, who's been going in there for years and taking tours and the students and stuff over there. And I think he was one of the ones that was told who this child spirit was, and it's not that child. So I finally informed him just recently uh-huh. that he's got the wrong person in there. 
And I said, you'll have to figure it out for yourself. <laughs> so, is, I mean, is it open to the public or, or does anybody care no, take it? It is not. It is not open to the public. You'd have to ask at the office if you can go in there and he'll tell you how. Mm -hmm. uh, you do have to get permission. Uh, most any cemetery, you do need to get permission to go into, and uh, especially if you're going in there at night. And we go over there at night every so often. The guy, you know, doesn't mind us coming in there. Um, he doesn't always close the gate, which <laughs> kind of worries me a bit because they've had some vandalism. You know, there are teenagers that will run rampant through there, which we've run into in the middle of the night, but mm -hmm. not really. We had recorders down there, and these kids are running around where we had recorders. Oh, geez. oh, yeah, we're ghost hunting, too, with our you know, with their cell phones or doing stuff. I thought, oh, great. You know, but um, it's a very, very beautiful cemetery. Uh, they are trying to keep up uh, up on it. There is a, a historical society for the cemeteries that um, does a lot of tours in the cemetery for the famous people that are in there, you know, historical people of the town and stuff, and they do stories and things as they go through, which I had oh, a story about the first time I went in there on that. Really? Um, yeah, I, the, first, the first year I moved here, uh, it was the day after Halloween, they had the All Saints Day thing, and they um, would have a tour in the cemetery for it. And so Greg said, you want to go to it? And he brought his son along. I said, okay, sure. You know, so we went. And we're almost to the end of the tour, and I had someone saying, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. And she's crying, and she kept going at me, and I'm like, Looking around, I'm telling Greg, I said, there's somebody talking to me right here, and I'm trying to figure out who it is because she keeps saying she's not in the right place. And we looked down between our feet almost, and we're standing in what's supposed to be a walkway, you know, between the, the plots. And here's this headstone, half cockeyed, slightly broken, and dirt pushed up against it. And I said, I think that's her right here. And she's kind of, you know, letting me know, yeah, yeah. So we kind of went back home. She followed us home, which drove me nuts that night, the first night really? in the apartment. I thought, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, she wouldn't shut up. You know, it's one of those things, you know, sometimes come home with you and just da 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 It's like, no, 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 no. Okay, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Hmm. And so shortly after that, we went back and we went to the front office and we said, where is so-and-so, Barry? And he told us where. And we went and we looked for the plot because he showed us on a little map where she should be. And, oh, okay, wonderful, thank you. And we went over and we went, yeah, she's about, um, oh, what would it be? Several hundred yards from where she should be. And so we dug up the headstone, fixed the dirt up a little bit, and walked the headstone down, and we placed it exactly where she should be because her child is there with her. Oh, wow. And, and, and I turned around, and she was sitting on this um other plots, um, little cement wall that was around. And she was sitting there, and she was crying. She was very thankful that I had put her back where she belonged. Okay, okay we're going to have to take a break right now, Leslie. Okay. So uh, okay. I'd like to find out how you knew where the child was here. So we'll, we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening okay. to Ghost Chronicles uh, International right here on Tojanet Perex. Ghost Channel, Planet Paranormal, Crackle, I don't know, wherever we are. We'll be right back after the following <laughs> messages. We're all over the place.
Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parax family. Greetings and felicitations. I am Ron Kolek, New England's own Van Helsing. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell. You are here at the elegant Benford Hall, the Downton Abbey of Venice. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you. To tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. On Toginet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal. You can even listen live on your smartphone with your tune-in app. I'll catch the podcast on iTunes. And now, time for tea. Anna's Ron Kolek drums his Native American drum to bring us back into part two. Ghost Chronicle International. I refuse point blank to to mention anything about tea or Downton Abbey. Oh, I just did. Our guest tonight is Leslie Hadlam, a paranormal investigator from the Midwest, a place that I have visited in the dim and distant past. And uh, she's also a psychic medium. And before the break, Ron was uh, having an interesting discussion with Leslie regarding the identity of one of the spirits. So... I don't want to interrupt that line of questioning, but I, you know me and my love of equipment and the tech side of ghost hunting. So, uh, Ron, why don't you finish your line of questioning and then we'll go after the uh, AAA batteries and uh, we'll fire <laughs> up the equipment. I, I was just, we're speaking with Leslie, of course, from Other Side Paranormal. Uh, and we 
where she was just telling us a little bit about uh, re- reuniting her, uh, the mother with the baby. But I wanted to know how the baby was. Did you go for? Did you know that from psychically, or was it from the cemetery records? I had felt it psychically, but I couldn't quite understand her ramblings at times because um, she was talking so much. But um, I don't remember if it was actually on the headstone. We were trying to make it out that it looked like it said "and baby." Oh. Okay. Um, but we also verified it with we bought all the books for the cemetery record, and we did look through there and find her that it was her and the baby. So I did oh, validate okay. that in a way. Okay, now I understand. All right, so Steve, you can carry on with your equipment question. Well, it was just that. Thank you. Well, it was just that Leslie interestingly mentioned that uh, that somebody's is that your dog, Leslie? Ghost dog. Yeah, sorry. Ghost dog. Ghost. Dog. <laughs> Mailman time, so the dog thought- was off. Well, I was, I was glad you said it was a dog, and I, I had visions of you having a barking rat. Um, but you, you mentioned EVP, and it's something that does come up on the show periodically. Um, uh-huh. One thing, we, we talk about the actual results a lot. We talk about the, uh, the recording that we get and mm-hmm. the voices that come through, but we rarely discuss the actual equipment. And I know that when we have had EVP researchers in the past, that they have got favoured items of, of equipment. Uh, some some right. use the older-fashioned reel-to-reel. Some use modern cassettes or or the uh, the uh, digital recorders. I mean, in terms of actually the mechanics of the EVP rather than the results themselves, which which do you favour? We um, we would always love to have um, a reel-to-reel type recorder, but that's kind of hard to get a hold of. But uh, we use digital recorders. We have um, several Sony and um, Canon and Olympus recorders that we all use. Um, and we've gotten quite a few good re- results with it and continuous um, repeated results. And that's why we go back to the mausoleums. We're really trying to make sure that we are getting the repeated same voice. This little girl that is talking, the last time we were there, um, she directed at Greg himself. And she kept, we were getting, we were packing up and leaving. Uh, we go, I'll tell you kind of how we kind of go in and do our thing, but as we're packing up and leaving, the recording we captured um, very clearly her was Papa Don't Go. Don't go, Papa. Papa Don't Go. Oh, wow. And, oh, the Madonna and, song. <laughs> almost. <laughs> it was a little girl's <laughs> voice requesting him not to leave. Um, we go there quite often, and we, we do talk to her when we go in there. We take a few things at Christmas and stuff like that. Because um, what we we're trying to find some more history on the family, and it's been a little difficult. Um, she's buried next to her father. She was six years old when she died. He died three years before she did. There's no mother there, but there's two grandparents, and we're not sure if the grandparents actually belong to him or to. Um, well, we think they belong to him because it's his last name. Sorry. Um, but there's no other relatives related at all that we can find, and we can't find any history as to was she with the mother, was she left with the grandparents, where's the mother, where did, you know, whatever happened. Um, it's just been left so blank at times because, you know, people do move away and stuff, but we don't know if the mother was gone before her and the dad. The dad traveled. He was a military um, medical doctor, I think is what he was, uh, and mm-hmm. he moved around a lot. So we wondered if they were somewhere else and the mother passed away at childbirth. 
Uh, we, she's so little, you can't get a straight story out of her. <laughs> she just wants to play and, and talk and, and hang out. Um, the first time we went there, Greg was sitting on a bench in a different corner of the, the building, and I saw him sitting down there, and I could see her sitting with him. And he came back oh, really? over to me and he says, did you, did you see her? And he says, she was sitting on my lap. And I said, yeah, I saw her. You know, I said, she was sitting on your lap for quite a while. I said, she's really attached to you. And then we got the recording um, a few years later where she's, Papa, don't go. Um, And the the, the stop recording, that was her. We also had, uh, with the other group that we were with, we were having an EVP session in the hallway on the other side of her. And we were sitting in a half circle. And the person that was holding the, the video camera, she even says, there was a shadow that just went between us. And there was, we were all sitting, and the shadow was, you know, below our head height. So it was like a small child running between us. So we were really? very curious if that was her running through with us. I actually captured uh, one of the times we were there. We had put some balls on the floor some ping-pong balls, and I was asking her to move the balls apart for me. I want to see the balls separate. Would you separate mm-hmm. the balls? And I stood around the corner, and I was flashing my camera down the hallway um, just to see if she would come out and do so. We had cameras running and stuff. And in one of my pictures, there is a little tiny orb, and it's right above the balls. And as I pulled in to look at the orb, you can see a little girl's face just as clear as a bell inside the, the orb. Iran kind of knows about my orb project that I worked on. I had that mm-hmm. on Ghost Village for a while. I called it the Blue Orb Project. Right. Um, I Steve, started Steve, noticing a lot of these. Steve right. is a, a non-orb zone guy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are, and it's like, well, you can't do uh, anything about it, but I'm trying to work on it. I've mm-hmm. tried to explain well, to other I, people that, no, oh, this isn't that. Um, well... There are, you know, there are lots of different points of view and perspectives on orbs, but uh, yeah. there is there has been some substantial research done both here in the and uh, over in the USA using uh, modern digital techniques um, and mm-hmm. cameras, and they're all showing the same thing that these. And in fact, the camera manufacturers themselves are also putting into the instruction manuals cautionary notes. The, the digital right. cameras will produce these white blobs. So I think, you know, as, as regards uh, the orb, I think, by and large, I think we can draw a line through or under it. Well, you obviously have a different perspective. I have found some interesting things that I cannot say it's just a white blob. Um, you know when you look at a Christmas tree ornament, and mm-hmm. your face kind of gets distorted in that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I have a couple that look a little mm-hmm. weird like that. But I have both color faces. You can see the hairlines. You can see the eyes, the nose. It's not the little blobs like everybody sees. Those are, you know, definitely uh, environmental or, or from dust and moisture and whatever else. But these are so distinct features. And they're the, the little dots that I find is so tiny in the picture sometimes. And when I have zoomed in on it, that's when I found these. And I was, I was amazed. Do you, do you, do you find that, uh, you, that the majority of them are environmental? Do you have a sort of a ballpark figure? Is, uh, 
to a ratio between the ones that you're finding are unusual and the ones that you can easily explain away as these environmental orbs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you were to go on my Facebook page, I have some on our website, on our Facebook page, the other side of our uh, paranormal investigation team. Um, I have some of them posted on there. And some just I mean, blow people so away. Ratio, I mean, are we, are we talking maybe, you know, one in ten, one in a hundred, one in a thousand? Um, probably one in several hundred. <laughs> Something of that sort. I have just been really um, good about it. We've we've kind of put things in a weird perspective with with our group in a way that some of our team members, some will have good luck with one specific item that they use. And it'll be repeated that they get good results with that um, instrument that they're using. Mm -hmm. Um, And others will try and do it, and they don't get the same results. Like, I'll get photographs most of the time. Um, I do get EVPs, but I have other people that get more EVPs, or, you know, it seems so. I mean, we really go through them with a fine-tooth comb, too, Um, and a lot of hours of work. Um, We have some that have really good results with dousing rods, where they get some answers that will follow through with what we're looking for uh, and validations. Um, What else are we using? Um, spirit boxes, we've had people that one particular person just, it works wonderful with her. She gets responses with it. And others just, it doesn't work with them. You know, we have switched equipment around to try and check this to see if there's a difference. And there seems mm-hmm. to be a difference. Certain people get certain things, and it's just been kind of weird. Um, so let me that. Ask- Leslie, let me ask you this. If you, if, okay. you know, if spirits are real and, and they exist, and uh, why would they build up a certain rapport with certain people and that will be their method of communicating with them? So wouldn't you get more of the, the spirit that's our guide that's attached to that person more than uh, a spirit that's at a place? Not necessarily. Um, sometimes it is the dimensional wavelength that somebody might be on. I mean, it's kind of hard to explain how that would work, but um, it may be just that person they connect with more for whatever reason. They ask the right question or they've, they've been able to um, just connect with them. Uh, I'll give an example. There was one time um, Greg and I were at the Washington Theater over here in Quincy, and we're on the stage, and we were both talking to this one spirit, but all of a sudden this, it, she basically cut off with me. And I wasn't getting where I wanted to. I could see and hear her. She was talking to Greg the whole time. Really? Um, yeah. And when we got done doing our EVP session, I mean, he's telling me, he says, you know, I was hearing this name. And he says, how do you say this name? Elizabeth? Elizabeth. I said, you mean Elizabeth? I think is how she, she was pronouncing her name. And he goes, yeah, that's it. And I said, well, that's the one I was trying to talk to, too. Or I was calling her Eliza. And uh, he says, well, I was talking to her. I said, yeah, I got that because she cut me off. You know? <laughs> and he was like, oh, that was kind of weird. So he was kind of explaining to me what she was talking to him about. And I said, yeah, I was kind of hearing and picking it up, but I couldn't get through to her. So huh. it's sometimes 
they just want to talk to a certain person. They they just have some sort of connection for some reason. Well, that makes sense in a way. Leslie, could it Thank also you. be okay. a case of that? Well, I was going to I was going to throw one in and suggest that the people will obviously use different items, equipment. So it might ought to be equipment related, mightn't it? In the one particular type of equipment. For example, um, one type of meter is better than another. Some people fail different types of EVP equipments whereby different makes and models. So is it the person or is it the item of equipment? Say it again. Yeah, you broke up there, Ronald Steve. Yeah, he's breaking up a little bit. I couldn't quite hear him. Well, you said that different people get uh, different results, better results. Could it be because of the equipment that they use? Because I know some EVP researchers favor particular types of recorder. So is it the person or is it the piece of equipment that's, uh, that's working? Have you tried swapping the equipment around between, between the members? Um, yeah, we have switched the equipment around with whoever has it. And it's still that, it'll, that certain people get certain things better. And it won't matter whose equipment they have. If it's, um, yeah, I'm losing myself here. Um, say you take the one recorder that you're getting stuff on, this one person is, and you gave it to somebody else, mm-hmm. that other person doesn't get anything on it. But you give it back to that person, and they'll get the same things again. You give that person a different recorder, and they'll still get better results on it. Okay. Yeah, so we, we've, we've kind of come to where it's the person is actually getting the results more so than the difference in equipment. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, no, we had something like that at, at when the restaurant, there was six people that had uh, EMF meters, the old cell sensors, Stephen, you know, uh, you know uh-huh. those, right? And they were just sitting around, and four of those were blaring, and uh, the two, uh, a grandmother and her uh, grandson, were not going off at all, and they were all together. So we actually took the meters out of the hands, switched them to them, and... Uh, there was no results. Every time they went into their hands, they went dead. And their, and their meters, right. when they went in the other hands, went off. And then eventually Maureen was with us at that time. She says, uh, oh, is a spirit have a message for them? And just as she said that, the other four meters went off and their two meters went on. Ah. <laughs> so it, so it, they, I guess they can use whatever. Yeah, like I said, it just seems I, like I, they sort of have a connection with certain people. I can hear the X-Files people. theme from somewhere. Mm. Huh? I can hear music. I can hear music in the background. Music. Spooky, scary music. Mm. No, I had my music on. No, that was me. My phone went off. I have the X-Files on my <laughs> oh. ringtone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't have music on. Okay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. We've also, uh, we've also tried some thoughts into um, my husband's trying to figure out a theory that um, that the person holding either the camera or the recorder or the video camera, per se, that particular person, um, when a spirit has connected with them, we're trying to figure out how exactly they are actually putting their stuff into the recorder. Is it the through the person that's holding it, or is it actually them going into that object with their energy somehow to, to give that result? Mm-hmm. Um, got a weird little theory about it, that he's, he's feeling that the person who's holding it is actually the one who's putting it in somehow through the spirit. 
it's hard to explain how he's got this, but there's a little weird connection we're trying to make on that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with with that theory behind, you know, the person gets better results with certain things and and that. So we've been playing with that a little while. Okay, uh, and it seems. Steve, I'm going to ask you to take over on this one because I've got to take this phone call. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to continue down the equipment line as soon as Leslie can hear me because uh, we seem to have a Skype issue. Um, yeah, you kind of break up a little bit, so just kind of keep going there. All right. Then. Um, I'm just interested in the equipment, uh, but also the methods that you use. Um, how do you actually use, uh, get the EVPs? Is it place the recorder down? What techniques do you use? Yeah, we we carry them sometimes out where we have a particular one we'll carry around with us, and the rest of them we will either set around in the room. But how we usually will go in and set up, we like to have normal conversations. We may have a snack together and sit and talk for a while while everything's running. This is before we start the full investigation. But during our times of um, being entertaining and being friendly and talking and that, we get more voices that seem to come in because they feel like they're part of this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, see, when we were clo- closing up and getting ready to leave, that's when we got the Papa Don't Go. When I began our EVP session one night, I spoke, I began speaking with good evening to address everyone and everyone in the building kind of thing. And... I kind of thought I heard something in the back of my head, but I wasn't really sure because I was busy trying to talk to a new group of people. And uh, when we got back and listened to the recording, right after I said good evening, a female voice came through and said, good evening. Wow. So they kind of like this address, and they like how we are um, talking and enjoying our conversations, and they try and jump in with, with, with things and be there and say hello and um, they see that we're not there to, hey, who's here? Answer me. You know, are you demonic? Do you know, you, da, da, da. what are you doing do you, here? You know, all those silly things that these people do and TV shows do, we go in with a totally different aspect and feeling, and we get some better results, we think. So do you leave gaps for them to respond, or do you just have a normal conversation and then they sort of just join in? We will try and have normal conversation, and you'll hear things pop in. You know, a lot of times everybody kind of stops um, talking or we're giggling or, or whatever we're doing. Um, but you'll hear they kind of wait for a break almost in the conversation, and they pop in. Sometimes we've heard a little bit coming over our voices, and we have to kind of stop. And then you'll hear the conversation, whatever they said, it'll continue once we've kind of stopped talking, we've heard a few things of, of that sort. So we know that they're there and trying to pop in and talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had some that were repeating what people were saying sometimes, and we know we weren't having echoes where we were. Um, and it was a totally different voice. Um, Do they provide you with have. detail regarding, I mean, did they give names? Did they give dates? Did they give information? That we have gotten, we've gotten some names. Um, We've gotten a lot of yes and no's. Um, they, we don't get too much. We've gotten dates a couple times, and that came through on a, a spirit box, I think, during an EVP session. We had the spirit box going. 
uh, on occasion a date will pop in. Oh, um, okay. I think we've had a couple EVPs with a date that would be said, but we get more of the name, and they'll um, try and answer or say, um, just be part of the conversation, like I said, um, and try and just be known in some way. They're saying hello and, and popping in with, with those uh, well, types of things. How do you, I mean, when you do, for instance, the spirit box, I mean, you get a lot of words. I mean, do you, re- first of all, do you record them and do you get direct answers? Or, I mean, or is there a bunch of words and then you just pick the one out that, that answers we your don't, question? We don't do that. We don't like that type of thing. Um, we had one person that we worked with that uh, she used a spirit box and it always seemed to work really well with her. And there were quite a few direct responses. Anything that you had to wait and listen for it, we kind of disregarded. And it would have to fall in the category, you know, in response to the direct response to the question that was asked before we would even, you know, consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it came really late, it was like, I don't know if that's a direct response either because it's taken such a long time for it to pop up. It's like, I hate waiting how, for an answer. Well, how long do you give them? How long do you give them? It what's should, the, what's it should the be almost direct. Right. Within a matter what, of seconds, you, you said that you have to respond. wait. So I was just wondering how long you waited. How long do uh, spirits have to uh, sort of come back and reply? Um, I would say within five seconds, I I, I would almost consider it a direct response that it popped in. Okay. I ha- we okay. both have a little bit of a eh, about spirit boxes because um, of how they would have to figure out how to get that word out of a radio mm-hmm. and get it popped in at the right time. It's just kind of one of those weird things when you really think about how it's happening, how do they get it, how does it come out, and how do they get it so fast to, re- to pop out right after you've asked the question. Is yeah, it uh, really happening? That's that's the thing about the spirit box. I mean, if right. if you were to ask a question, and and I don't care how long it would take, but if you got a direct answer to your question and nothing else in between, then right. I would find it more uh, believable. Yeah. But uh, uh, right. spirit box. Uh, I mean, what, well, what's how many humans can answer a question? Well, I was going to say, how many he- normal human beings can answer a question within five seconds? Normally, we you know we we need a little time to process the question and then formulate the answers. So uh, I would I, I'd go with you on. Um, I'd give them a little bit longer um, and give them some thinking time. We've kind of thought about that, but it's also, you know, are they really digging through the radio stations to pull that out? You know, it's it's been a little hard for us to to really believe wholeheartedly in it, but we we give it the the benefit of a doubt kind of thing. Um, well, unfortunately, that is the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead is here, and we've got to say goodbye to you, Leslie. Ah, <laughs> Okay, guys. <laughs> So we want to thank you so much for joining us, and uh, oh, you know, you keep, keep on hunt, hunting. Oh yeah, and give me a buzz anytime you want. I'm around. All right, thanks, Les. Bye bye. All right, thank nice you, Les. Thank you, you, Leslie. All right, thank good night. You. It's it's good to you know hear from uh, you know we had a lot of people from um, your side of the the country, but they don't. I mean, we really don't have too many people ghost hunting groups from England. 
and get into a little bit about what they collect as evidence and how they do things. I know you had Michael Bitten on before, but I mean, I can't think of anyone else that we really have. Uh, was that was that a request for uh, for some future UK investigators then? Well, I mean, you, you kind of gives you a All taste right, gives you a taste of of what, what like. some American <laughs> groups are doing, and so uh, you know this. It would be nice to have a uh, you know a taste of what uh, English. All right, or you know, Steve, you still there? Graveyards and uh, shake down the old Victorian buildings and see what we can see what we can uh, rustle up. Uh, there you go. So, anyways, uh, we got about forty <laughs> seconds left. Anyways, and I do want to you know anything coming up? You going back? Uh, well, well, uh, you're obviously doing something tomorrow. I am. Uh, apparently, I am. You oh, are. Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation. Yeah, the regular. Well, they- there you go. And aren't you in red light seancing at some point? No, not the first Tuesday of every month. We do that. Uh, it's, that's going well. Uh, Rich, uh, friend that we both know, the magician was at the ah. So yeah. that that was interesting. Uh, but it carries on. Oh, we had a gentleman who well, actually, he brought his father's trumpet, which was kind of cool. So anyways, we do got to go. So uh, till next week, uh, I guess it's time to wrap it up and say uh, good night and God bless from Ghost Chronicles Next Gen- uh, whoop, International. Good night from the UK. Just to prove it's international. Oh, there you go. Anyway. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law. Welcome to Podcasting by Professionals. My name is Keith with Radio Links Broadcast Marketing, and I am here today to introduce you to 